Welcome to Max Volume, where we deliver loud takes at soothing decibels. I am your host, Maxwell Lewis Sanders, and this is episode 68. For those new listeners out there, Max Volume is a podcast that worships at the altar of pop culture, a place where the silly and inane are of the utmost importance. It's a pod where we discuss heavy topics like Al Pacino's halftime speeches, Lawrence Fishburne's on-screen sunglasses choices, and Morgan Spurlock's bright red goatee. No quote too minor, no side plot too small. This is a pod for the TV geeks and movie freaks. So welcome all weary travelers. Your boredom ends here. Before we delve into today's topic, let's start with five minutes of Seinfeld-level daily observations. So I just poured lentil soup all over my dog's face. I never thought I'd say that combination of words in one sentence, but here we are. It was cold soup, by the way. Don't think like, oh my God, is his face okay? Her face is fine. So I have 200-pound picky eater dogs who only think about nibbling here and there when I sprinkle human food on top. And now don't freak out. I don't throw them like, you know, hamburgers, French fries, you know, weird stuff. Just natural foods like carrots, cucumbers. They love nutritional yeast, which is weird. I looked it up. It's okay for them, though. So that's cool. Bananas, apples, tomatoes, almonds, water, chestnuts, all this whole food, plant-based, douchey stuff I snack on. And I've become a master at pouring it. I kind of like go from the hip and I can kind of nail the uh, nail the dog bowl from like three, four feet up. I don't know why I'm so lazy that I can't bend down. I think when I bend down, they get excited about the food and they kind of attack me and I fall over because I'm goofy too. So that's why that's why I do it from a, from a higher point. But today when I did it, Teddy Keanu Sanders decided she wanted to lick the lentil stew as it was cascading down to her bowl and tripped me and bumped my knee and my hand went flying and her head was drenched in cold lentil soup. So I eat my soups cold. Like I said, I know it's weird, but get over it. And also, yes, I eat standing up because I've learned mentally that calories don't count when they're consumed in a non-sitting position. So I think everyone knows that. I think that's why people hover around the fridge. It's like, it's free calories. That's what I think. So Teddy covered in stew. Why not get it? Stew's hard to say. Stew? Yeah, I got it. Stew. So Teddy's just sitting there in stew, content and dripping down with savory lentil goodness. And I can't help but collapse in laughter. And as I do so, she looks my face, you know, with her kind of like mud face. And her sister, Bear, starts enjoying Teddy's face drippings as well. And it was just a lot of fun. I took a solid five minutes to kind of enjoy the chaos before grabbing a napkin. Because sometimes life just hands you a moment. And why not revel in it just a little longer before mopping up the mess? Uh, I know I sound like a self-help guru you know, like right there, but I don't know. I like it. I just had a good time. You know, so, so spill food on your dogs more often. It'll be fun. And <laughs> so, I mean, you'll just have a good time. Next time, I think I'm going to pour granola and yogurt. That'll be fun. You know, not too messy. I got wood floor, so it's nice and clean. It's easy to do. If you got rugs, it might be a little harder. But on the same spectrum of weird daily curiosities, I was checking my Spotify analytics and apparently one single beautiful human being with excellent taste listened to 16 max volume episodes all in one day yesterday. I mean, could they have accidentally butt dialed my podcast and let it stream while they slept? I mean, I I chose to ignore that option, you know, and instead envision one super dedicated podcast aficionado who made my day, week, and month. So whoever you are, mystery person, show yourself and I'll make sure you get the recognition you deserve as an American hero. And right now in my head, I'm thinking George Clooney somehow got my podcast and just decided to listen to it. And you know, he's gonna turn it into a movie. 
we're going to become best friends. We're going to have potbelly pigs. I know he has potbelly pigs as his uh, pets. We're going to live in Lake Como in Italy and vacation in Antarctica and hang out with penguins. That's what we're going to do. So thank you, George. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. So now that we've gotten some sunshine and cheer in our pod, now it's time for me to speak from a place of deep-seated hatred and anger. I can't even do it. I'm like stuttering. I'm not a, I'm not an angry guy for the most part, but this is something that I needed to say. So it's been over a year and the wounds still feel just as fresh to me. Like Game of Thrones season eight, you're the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And which side note, I haven't had a, I haven't had a very hard life. So take my dramatics with like a buttload of salt. You know, when I say a pinch of salt, just take a forklift of salt or a truckload or, you know, whatever. Fill the state of Michigan with salt and use that because my life is pretty freaking easy. So no matter though, for me, this is a travesty of a half season that is unforgivable. And Benioff and Weiss, the creators, are no longer invited to my birthday party. And it's really disappointing because this year I was going to have a dragon themed birthday party and I wanted them to be there and like give their thoughts and notes on my setup, maybe name a couple of the dragons. They had cool names. Although they named one of the dragons Drogon. Like that's one letter away from dragon. Like how lazy is that? Okay, maybe I don't want them on my birthday anyways. Maybe they're dragon expertise. Maybe it was the CGI people. Or maybe they used real dragons. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of mysterious stuff in Hollywood. Maybe there's real dragons out there. I mean, there's genetic stuff like Jurassic Park where they like splice gene. I'm, I'm, I'm ranting. Sorry. I wish... Bottom line, I wish there's real dragons, and maybe one day there will be. But normally I research my topics and I come up with factoids and information nuggets. So my point is well-rounded, backed by evidence. But this topic is so emotional and personal. I think it's better to kind of just instinctively shoot from the hip. And plus, I mean, you can get facts from anywhere. It's more how you convey how you feel that you want to, that's why you want to watch somebody. Like, I just watched this uh, stand-up comedy hour yesterday for, like, the billionth time. It's called Make Happy by Bo Burnham. And it's kind of some depressing stuff. And he's kind of, like, very manic and very rude and very weird. But the way he delivers it, and he's also, like, uh, he's a song artist. He can, you know, he can sing really well. The way he delivers it is so unique to him that it's just spellbinding and you got to watch it. So that's what I'm going for. I'm going for the Bo Burnham Make Happy kind of thing even though I cannot sing to save my life. Not in karaoke. I'm really embarrassing at karaoke. Like I can't even, I'm trying to think the one song I can do is like the tequila song. Cause it's like, dun, 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 dun. and then it's that for like five minutes. And all you have to do is, all you have to say is tequila. So I can do that. That's about it. So background for game of Thrones. You know, if you've been living under a rock, uh, seasons one through five were like top three strongest first five seasons of any show ever. And it's not really disputable. It's, they took a seemingly inadaptable book or set of books by George R.R. R. Martin and created this global phenomenon at a time when TV was so divided and segmented by streaming wars and, you know, not like everything being released at once that it seemed impossible to have a week full, a weekly impactful cultural hit, but they did it. They freaking did it. So credit needs to be paid to them. Like they had real human stories, a brutally honest look at the harsh realities of life, even when they take place in a fantasy world of like ice zombies and smoke monsters and giant fire breathing dragons, they were unafraid to kill off any central character whenever they needed it for the depth of the story. They could do giant set pieces like the battle of Blackwater where, you know, the dragon flame or dragon breath like explodes on the river. That was awesome. The Viper versus the mountain where the mountain, you know, pops <laughs> the dude's eyes out. That was horrifying. 
hard home, uh, the red wedding, you know, everyone was shocked by that when they killed off, you know, some serious central characters at a wedding too. It's like, that's crazy. But the best moments on the show to me were always two people sitting in a room debating their perspectives on life. Like my favorite is Tyrion and Jamie when Tyrion's about to be put to death and they're talking about their cousin Orson beating beetles to death and just saying like thunk, thunk, thunk. And they're like, did he, did he understand life better than us? And it's, you know, this, uh, also it's a dig on, uh, God, what is the book called? Oh man, this is going to bother me now. It's another sci-fi book created by a guy named Orson. They're just making fun of him by calling him dumb. But anyways, I mean, just Jamie and Tyrion just talking about life, you know, in these moments, that's, that's the little things, the little details. Like you can have these $10 million set pieces, but I just want to see, you know, characters I care about hanging out in a room. And like I said, those are the best moments. And that's that's what made Game of Thrones Game of Thrones to me. And that's what they lost in the last season. Like, they thought if they could throw enough spectacle and CGI down our throats, we would ignore the rush storylines and the lack of character development. But you know what I noticed, okay? And everyone else noticed. And it was a bummer. And it was crystal clear that Benioff and Weiss, that's two guys, I know it sounds like one long name, were kind of aching to be done with Game of Thrones so they could move on to another nine-figure deal for Star Wars or this badly thought out HBO show called Confederate about a world where the South won the Civil War. Like, my God, that show would have been canceled before it even started nowadays. So I just don't get it. Like, why rush? You're at the pinnacle of TV production. You know, you have an unlimited budget. Everyone loves this. Why rush the finish line? And like, why chase a new project when you're helming the last great pop culturally connection point of our lifetimes? Like, what the heck? Like, they went chasing baby unicorns when they had already created a full-grown rhino. Like, why chase something that doesn't even exist yet when you have something incredible and real right here? That's a quote from uh, the show called Lodge 49, which is a trippy two-season show on AMC. It's like, why chase unicorns when you have rhinos? It's like, just appreciate what you got. Rhinos, rhinos more crazy to... If you describe to an alien what a rhino is and what a unicorn is... A unicorn, you'd just be like, oh, a horse with, uh, you know, something on its head. Okay. A rhino? What? Like, that doesn't make any sense. It's like a tank with, you know, a power, a powerful kind of tusk. And, uh, like, it looks, seems insane. Like, rhinos are more unrealistic. But they're real. So, do you know how hard it is to get a show of any kind to the popularity and obsession they had created with Game of Thrones? It's like lottery winner rare. So, why can't you just enjoy the ride and make let things kind of unfold in their logical conclusions. Like they said, George R.R. R. Martin, when he was writing stuff, uh, he said his writing style was like gardening. You know, things would come up and he would kind of figure out where to go from there once it appeared. So it's like, you know, this long, laborious pr process. So they did the complete opposite. They smushed three or four seasons of storylines into six episodes for the last season. And I didn't need to see like the Ice King die. I just wanted to know why he rose in the first place. Like they lost control of the how and the why in season seven and eight. Season seven sucked too. It was not great. I mean, it was a little bit better, but I mean, you could tell they were just giving up at that point. And maybe George R.R. Martin is partially to blame for this because he didn't get off his butt and create a blueprint in the past eight years. His last book was in 2011 and the show lost its edge and intensity and uniqueness. No beloved character died till the very last episode. So it betrayed the subversive style that the show was built on. Like, I wanted to see, I wanted to feel something. Like, give me heartbreak so you can patch me back together with human resilience and the power of banding together. 
they gave me none of that. It was just good versus evil, you know, this side versus that side. There's ice zombies, there's dragons, there's boats. Look at all the CGI. Look at all these cool set pieces. You know, if you got no heart behind it, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, it's Tron to me. Tron should have been a cool movie, but it was stupid because there was no there was no heart to it. There was no character. I can't even name a character. Like, I think Jeff Bridges was in the original, maybe. But, like, in the last one, the dude who played Riggins on Friday Night Lights, the movie, was the main guy. But, like I said, I can't remember anyone's name. But, nope. Like I said, they gave us Burning Cities, Mad Queens, Shakespeare-level, obvious doomed love, and a boring, emotionless kid on the Iron Throne as the cherry on top of this rotten Sunday of the last season. Like, I'm just so... I don't get upset very often. I'm pretty positive, And my life's... Like I said, my life's really easy. Like, I think this is... This is the most work I've had to do today, is just think about this. <laughs> like, think about the one time in my life I was really sad because a TV show this last season disappointed me. So, well, life is good. But like I said, this is a bummer. And... The season was like nitpick after nitpick of bad decisions. Like when you take a wrong turn after wrong turn after turning off on the highway and soon enough you're in the backwoods of West Virginia with like no gas and zero cell phone reception and cannibals are going to eat your brain and wash them down with Mountain Dew. You know, that's what I think what happened in West Virginia. I don't, I've never been to West Virginia, so I, I've only seen horror movies about that stuff. So I think that's what happens, but I'm not sure. But uh, shout out West Virginia if uh, you're listening out there, if you have reception or anything like that. That would be one of my things. I'll just make fun of West Virginia. Actually, that sounds risky. I mean, their their college mascot's like a mountaineer with a real gun, so they might come and kill me. So West Virginia, shout out. You're good. And, you know, I like you. You got spirit. Where where am I? <laughs> Man, this is a ranty ravey. My brain's going a million directions. But uh, I mean, like I said, so. The wrong direction, wrong direction, nitpick, nitpick. So like how Danny's dragon was killed on the open sea by weaponry that was somehow useless against her other dragon when she burns King's Landing and they had more preparation. And also like they surprise attacked her on the open sea. Like how is that possible? The dragon's like 200 feet in the air. There's just open water. It's like they showed it like he was curving around an island or a mountain and they just knew the dragon was going to come out, nailed it. And the dragon had no time to move even though the like it's kind of like the like these giant crossbows they were just they were literally useless when they were at king's landing and they had more preparation i don't get it all right game of thrones people i want answers or how danny turned evil in like 13 seconds after being kind of this noble and caring queen for seven plus seasons there was no sensical reason she turned into the mad queen just none and also i mean like she definitely didn't want to be her father. She showed, she saw how that went, you know what I mean? How crazy he was and how everyone turned on him. There was just no reason for it. There was no seeds of dissension or slow builds to a crumbling mental state for Danny. One minute she's about to be queen without much bloodshed. The next she's barbecuing the lower half of Flea Bottom and just killing innocent people, like innocent poor people. Like this still upsets me so much. Like I feel like Obi-Wan Kenobi yelling at Anakin about being the chosen one and it's just not fair it's like you were the chosen one how could you do this it's like this was my generation's show and i used to listen to four two hour podcasts a week on each episode and i spent like a million hours on message boards i would do binge mode i would do the bald move i would do the game of thrones after shows all that stuff i read the freaking books afterwards i mean like mid seasons just to get into it And for them to just yada, 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 the emotional gravity needed for the show to properly conclude, 
it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would, why do you want to implode something that's so great? I never understand that too with like NBA franchises, you know, like let's say Shaq and Kobe, it's like they wanted to do it on their own. It's like, just win, just enjoy yourself. Like I like existing in the same place and just winning consistently over and over and over on like a small scale. I can imagine that like if you're winning on a big scale, like just keep winning, just keep enjoying it. If you're at the top of the pile, like who cares who gets credit? Who, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm talking about the characters or if I'm talking about Benioff and Watch. Just everyone. You all failed me. Like how, and also, okay. How did, how dare they put Bran the Broken on the throne at the end of this tire fire of a season? Because first off, when it comes to politics on the show, the joy was the backroom dealings, the charm and charisma of those involved. I mean, I think Tyrion and Littlefinger kind of best exemplified that. And on the show, there was never a change of power or political upheaval due to magic or fantasy elements. That part of the show was more kept small and mysterious and off screen, which allowed the show to have layers. You know, hey, you know, shows have layers. They don't need to just be one big CGI green screen, okay? And now at the end of the show, I have this emotionalist Dr. Manhattan level disconnected from humanity dude as the king of the seven realms. I mean, it mocks the idea of Westeros that the show created. Like, why not have Jon Snow, the true link between the Starks and Targaryens on the throne? That makes a lot of sense. And he seems like he'd be a good and fair king and he deserves it. He's been through a lot. He freaking died. Yeah, he deserves it. His you know, love of his life has been dead. He's been betrayed before. He's been in great battles. He absolutely deserves it. And also, I mean, he's got the title. He's the one connection point. Or why not Sansa and Tyrion, like marry them together and just leaders who could have been like thoughtful and caring leaders that smartly ruled the kingdom. It's like, no, we have Bran the Boring. And by the way, he names him Bran the Broken. How would you be okay with that? Like, (laughs) it's like someone takes your worst quality and it's like, we're going to nickname that nickname that for your uh that's going to be your title that everyone's going to know you as that's kind of a i would say like brand the resilient or raisin brand or be the ran or i don't know something different but like instead of even ruling it's pretty clear that he just wants a professor x style find dragons in lost cities like give me a break give me some politics give me you know the real the real world of westeros and again like i said before who was the ice king like did he have agency like, I need my villains to have a voice, or at least a philosophy. And the, like, Snow Zombies, clearly, or the White Walkers, see, I even forgot the name because I care so little anymore. They clearly have rituals, like their ice baby-making ceremony. And they seem to have emotional levels, like, especially around Jon Snow, like, when he raises everyone in front of Jon Snow and looks kind of snarky about it. Like, what was his story? Who was he before he became the Ice King? They showed him being turned to the Ice King by the like tree people, like the magic tree people back in the day. I don't know his story. Who was he like involved with or what was he doing? Because there is some backstory with the books about who that guy was. I think he was an original Stark actually from back in the day. So maybe he's got some family connections. That'd be cool. And like, what world did he envision for taking over all this stuff? Like, what did he want to do with the world once he got there? Like, did they all just want to stand around and be cold together? I don't know what they wanted to do. But alas, we got him just wordlessly being stabbed by Arya. And that was that. So, like, what's the opposite of catharsis? I was trying to think of this today because that's what happened in my brain. I was just angry, just angry and sad and disappointed. And it's like when your dad says to you, it's like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. You're like, ah, that hurts so badly. (laughs) Like, that's how I felt like I wanted to say to Game of Thrones because I had put so much love and time into this show. 
And I thought I would be discussing this show for decades. Like I thought this would be if out of the 68 podcasts I've done so far, this is my second one. And on Game of Thrones, I thought I'd have like 10, 15 on this because, you know, it was so culturally impactful. Everyone got it. Everyone knew it. Be fun to talk with people about. But no, we're kind of just sweeping it on the rug and pretending it didn't exist. I mean, it's like the Barry Bonds home run record. We don't really want to acknowledge it or Mark McGuire and all that stuff. It's like steroids. Steroids is season eight. That's what it is. Or that's not good because steroids makes you better at something. But like the shame afterwards, that's what season eight was. Steroid shame was season eight. And I haven't had a single Game of Thrones discussion with anyone of any kind since about a week after the finale. uh, After the finale premiered. And that's just a bummer. Like, this was, this was really important to my life, and now it's not. And I thought, I'm so glad I almost got a really big Game of Thrones tattoo with all the uh, house crests, like, you know, the dragon, the wolf, uh, the kraken. And like, and they're all, like, cutesy-formed and on this little, like, crayon-based throne. And it was going to be really cute and really big, but thank God I didn't do it because I don't like this show anymore because <laughs> of, of the ending. And, like, I have so many thoughts on random things from the show. Like, the Iron Bank of Bravos and their, like, their loan policies. What's the deal with those? I want to know what their percentages are per year. Or, like, the particulars of their religious, religious observations when joining the Lord of Light. Or, like, would I buy a vacation home in Dorne? Or was the mountain, what was he like at home? Like, what do you, how do you, Was he a good hang when you were at the bar with him? And now they fall on deaf ears because no one wants the pain of rehashing a show that, that, that threw a perfect game for 85% of its run, and then decided to get drunk, strip naked, and give up 38 runs in the ninth inning before leaving the mound prematurely while sobbing uncontrollably. I mean, that's what, that's what happened. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. Damn you, Game of Thrones. You had our collective hearts in your hands, and you decided to toss them into a bottomless pit of despair and false promises. That's what you did to our hearts. So... I'm going to take a cold shower, I guess, and pray this pod doesn't haunt my nightmares. Later.